As one of Europe's oldest cultures, Basque traditions reach way back to pre-Christian times, and they have their own ways to mark the passage of the seasons. To help us get better acquainted with what makes Basque country such a unique part of Spain and France, we're joined by Augustine Sarisa. He comes from a long-established family in the coastal city of San Sebastian, right in the middle of Basque country. And Francisco Gloria comes to us from Pamplona, the city known for the annual running of the bulls. Francisco lives on the edge of the Basque region in the northeast interior of Spain. Augustine and Francisco, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. Augustine, who are the Basques? Well, the Basque people are a very old tribe. They're known to be pre-Indo-European people. Pre-European? Pre-Indo-European people. Pre-Indo-European. What does that mean? This means that the humans were in Africa and they moved to Asia and they started moving to Europe. And the first settlements, one of the first settlements settled in the Basque country area. And these people have been there since then. They developed their own religion and also their own language, and they kept it. Is the Basque language related to Spanish and French? Not at all. No, it has nothing to do with Latin or Greek. They still don't know where it comes from. What is it related to? Well, they don't know. It's they don't know? So this was this is a really... <laughs> now, the irony is the Basque people, you could say, they were, like they were one of the first people there, and they didn't get a country when they doled out the borders. It's known to be the oldest language in, in Europe. And uh, some studies are relating this language to those very old languages from the northern Scandinavian countries okay. of Europe and um, Bulgaria as well. That's not 100% sure. Many times when a little nation doesn't get its own independent nation, it's divided between a couple of countries. Francisco Basque country is uh, divided, of course, between France and Spain. How would you characterize French Basque country and Spanish Basque country? How are they similar? How are they different? Well, the Basque country, it's a very strong culture. And culturally speaking, we're more or less the same. The first time I really realized that I was Basque and it was different, it was here in the United States. I came to the United States, to Bakersfield, California, and there's a big Basque community. And I saw that you have all of these kids from the United States, American, they speak perfect English and also perfect Basque. I was like, and you don't speak any Spanish at all? Okay, there's a strangeness. That's very interesting because if somebody speaks two languages in Basque country, it would be Basque and Spanish. Spanish. Yep. But because the Basque culture, it's a culture. And the culture is the food, it's the language, it's the music, it's everything. So it's the same, more or less, in the Basque country in Spain, the same Basque country in France, the same Basque country in the United States. It's a very powerful ethnic I've heard people say that the Basque culture in the United States has actually contributed more to our clichétic sort of image of who the Basques are. Romantic, yeah. What is the romantic image that we get? And does it come from California or does it come from Europe? Well, you have to think that in the Basque country we're either fishermen or we're shepherds. And when we needed to go away, we only knew how to do those things. So we went to wherever we have cows or goats which is Bakersfield, California, or Boise, <laughs> Idaho. Or Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and the fishermen, they went to Miami. So like, there's a lot of Basques in Miami, yeah, Idaho, and, and California. And California. And your family is a family of shepherds? Yep. And Augustine, your family? They've been running a fishing company for a long time. Fishing. So yeah. that's, that, that is very strong. Now, when you think about Basque struggles, it seems to me the French Basque people have been more comfortable being assimilated into French society whereas the Spanish Basques have been more strong in defending their independent way of raising their children or something. What is your take on that, Augustine? Well, let me not 
Let me not agree with that. <laughs> okay, good, good. Tell me, uh, how did the French Basques express their independence then? I have to say, I go very often to the French Basque area. Mm-hmm. Um, off-season, I spend my free time there. And also, because I'm taking a lot of travelers to that area. And uh, sometimes I go back home and I say, I think they're more Basque than we are. They have a lot of demonstrations. They, you know, in the Spanish side, has been forbidden during the dictatorship. And then we had all this violence that divided the society. So people were not shy, but they were not... Um, so it was more dangerous under Franco to demonstrate in whoa, Spanish whoa, yes, Basque country. Yes, you yeah. would get into trouble just by speaking Basque. And the French were more free to, to be Basque. Yes, and uh, there was no violence. I mean, um, okay. there was, ETA was living on that side, but it was acting mostly in ah, Spain. So the ETA, it could be French and Spanish, but the struggles of the ETA have been more in the Spanish side because that's where they had the confrontational government. Yes, it started during the dictatorship as a way of fighting Franco. Okay. This was ETA was a political party, and they decided to get the arms and start fighting him. So we got ETA political party and then ETA the army party. So the ETA political ambitions were more permissible in France. No, it was just a Spanish um, issue. It was and a Spanish issue. The thing they were in France is that uh, they would have more freedom to stay. I mean, there have been a lot of arrests during these times, in all these years back. And uh, they were living just in Beirut, Sokoa, Ciburu, all these places very, very close to Spain. Okay, so that was a, a safe haven for the yes. violent ETA, yes. was just cross the border with Basque friends in France. It was. And then when they wanted to get back into the action, they go south of the border and deal with Spain. That's it. The French mm-hmm. government was doing nothing. And then they started to collaborate with Spain, and that uh, made the difference. Okay. The ETA is famous for its violent actions in the interest of Basque independence and Basically, people want to be able to raise their children speaking their language and have their customs. And recently, the ETAs, or their tactics, have, it seems to me, fallen out of favor. What is the latest on uh, Basque independence and the, the actions taken to defend Basque independence? Well, ETA is almost over. I mean, they announced a ceasefire two years ago. There has been uh, more than three years without any violent act in the area. The whole thing has changed. I mean, the whole society has changed because there's no violence. There's a stronger nationalist feeling. And uh, we don't have to mix the terrorism with the nationalism. So you can still work for your national needs, but you don't resort to violence. Oh, yes, of course. Of That's course. Great. And now that uh, there's no violence, I think that feeling has increased. I mean, more people are showing off that they're, they're Basque people. Because they don't need to be ashamed of the violence of the ETA. Not ashamed, but uh, if you, you would show the Icurinha, the Basque flag, or you would say you're a Basque instead of saying Spanish, you will be considered either a terrorist or a terrorist supporter. Before. Yeah. And that now, was, now it's more permissible. Yes. So you, you can show your Basque flag now without being uh, considered a violent. Yes, uh, you just, I mean, you're a Basque and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, back in the old days. But that's part of the whole European Union idea, I think, is that small nations get a place at the table. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing about the EU. And now that is the situation. Guides from Basque Country are our guests right now on Travel with Rick Steves. Augustin Cerisa specializes in surfing, kayaking, and recreational sports on Spain's northern coast. He comes from a long-established family of Basque fishermen in the city of San Sebastian, or as the Basques call it, Donostia. He's joined by Francisco Gloria, and Francisco's family herded sheep for generations in the high country around Pamplona. We have links to our guests' websites in each week's program details. 
You'll find that in the radio section of ricksteves.com. Francisco, has the EU been a good thing for, for Basque rights? I think so, yes. The European common market is, for all of these tiny little countries that are inside of countries, more permissible, and we can do what we, we want. But I don't think that it's a good thing to, to separate from the main countries. I don't think that we will allow that. No, so secession is not really a goal, no. but being true to your culture yeah. is the new, the new hope and a reasonable the new hope trend. with yeah. the EU. As it cites here, as a tourist coming to Basque Country, it's important that we see it as a cultural region of its own. You know, it's not Spanish, it's Basque. If we're going to Basque Country, what would the top sites? If you have a week in Basque Country, Francisco, where would you go? Well, first, you have to go to San Sebastian. San Sebastian Sebastian is the heart, the most beautiful city. Even Franco went to San Sebastian (laughs) for his vacations for like 20 years. Yeah, he went even to there. It is extremely beautiful. It's gorgeous and... You have the beach, you have the food, you have the tapas. We call them pinchos up there. Yeah. So the uh, famous food and the gorgeous beach, the Crescent Beach. Uh, so that's San Sebastian. That's okay, and then, then you what have else? to go to the new modern city called Bilbao. Bilbao. Everybody its... knows it with Guggenheim, the museum. Bilbao was a, a very uh, strong industrial area, and it's been reinvigorated with this new investment with mm-hmm. the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah, 17 so. years ago, Guggenheim was looking for a new place to open another museum in Europe besides uh, Venice. And Bilbao said, okay, we're going to pay the uh, the building no matter how much it costs. And they went to Bilbao. Has it been a good investment for Bilbao? The best. Wow. It has changed the city. Okay, two great cities. What else do we do? Well, my city, Pamplona, of course. Pamplona, <laughs> famous Pamplona. for the running of the bulls. Famous for the running of the bulls, yes. And we... is Pamplona actually Basque, or how does that work? Well, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pamplona, it is a, a different region. It's called Navarra. Right. And Navarra, it's very, very special because from Pamplona to the north, we have Basque culture. But from Pamplona to the south, we do not have Basque culture. Okay. So if we talk about a culture, half of Navarra, it is Basque. If we talk geographically, half Navarra, it's completely separated from the Basque country. Okay. Historically, Navarra was a separated kingdom mm-hmm. from Spain. So, But culturally, you can say Pamplona has Basque uh, yeah. Flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have Pamplona, we have San Sebastian, and then we, we have Bilbao. We go to the French part. Yeah. You can have Saint-Jean-de-Pied-de-Port. Saint-Jean-de-Pied-de-Port. That's the, up in the mountains. It's up in the mountains. And the, the kickoff Pyrene- point for the, the pilgrimage all the way to Santiago. There you go. It's the beginning of the Camino de Santiago. Okay. And then you have the coast in France where you have Saint-Jean-de-Luz or Biarritz. Spirits. And then the big city in the French part. Uh, it's Bayonne. Bayonne. And Bayonne has uh, some very nice museum. And, yeah, uh, the Basque Museum. If you want to start understanding the Basque culture, I think the Basque Museum in Bayonne is perfect. Yeah. Beiritz is the famous resort, and it's very famous for European resort goers. I didn't really like Beiritz much, and I love Saint-Jean-de-Luz. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Well, Beiritz, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, but it's just that. If you want to see people in the streets and noise and beauty, and you know, that is Saint-Jean-de-Luz. It is great, and... If you are attracted by history, it's where the king's son of France got That's married. Right. So the king, they had this big uh, marriage between the French and the Spanish king. They decided to get married halfway between? Yep. Between Andalus. From Madrid. Augustine, we've talked about all of these sites in France and in Spain, and we have not talked about uh, Guernica. What's the importance of Guernica historically for the Basque people? Well, it got really promoted with the Picasso painting. So uh, the horrible bombing by after, Hitler yeah, and Franco in the Civil War. Yeah, he was representing the bombing uh, during the Civil War, 1937, 
the uh, German-Italian airplanes uh, bombed the, the city of Guernica. Picasso made Guernica famous with the uh, yes, famous well, that was, um, mural. Really bad bombing, right? It right. was on a Monday. Monday is a big day for the market. So wow! So they planned to bomb when everybody was there in the market. <laughs> That's right. That happened during the midday. Picasso was really in, uh, inspired to be involved because of the humanity of that. I think. Yes, at that time, uh, Picasso was getting ready for the expo in Paris. He uh, got the information, and in three months, he painted the, the Guernica. Now, also, we have to remember, Guernica was, was not just any town. It's a very important town to the Basque people, even before World War II. Yeah. What is the importance to the Basque people of Guernica? The oak tree. The, the oak, oak tree, the yeah. old oak tree. The old oak tree was, is the symbol of the Basque people. Right. Since the 11th century, the governors of the area have been gathering around the oak tree, to so this set up goes the rules. way, way back to oh, yes. mythic foundations of the yes. Basque people when they would gather together and their leaders from different clans would come together under the oak tree in yeah. Guernica. Yeah. That must be like a pilgrimage if you're a Basque. Oh, yes, or something. It's, it's a must. If you want to go deeper into the uh, history of the Basque community and the Basque people, I think it's a must to visit Guernica. And it's quite easy to visit these cities close together. They're all within an hour of each other. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Basque Country, and we're joined by two uh, friends who are guides in Basque Country, Agustin Sarisa and Francisco Gloria. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Lynn's on the line in Olympia, Washington. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for your call. Oh, you're welcome. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hey, um, my family and I are going to be touring the Basque country of Spain and France, and you've mentioned some generalities about places and sites that we should see. But can you give me specifics about, say, San Sebastian or some of those other areas? What, you know, museums and sites should we not miss? Okay, well, that's a good question. We should ask Augustine, because you live in San Sebastian, yes. what one site must we see in San Sebastian? Well, uh, you have two mountains. Up top of those mountains, you have a lookout over the city. You can take the funicular to the top of the mountain and enjoy the views. Or you, if you want to you know, stretch your legs and uh, take a stroll up to the other mountain, you can go through the castle into the museum of the city. If you have a nice day, if you have the chance to get to there on a nice day, you will enjoy very much the views of the city and the little mountains surrounding the city. You know, Augustine, for me, uh, San Sebastian, more than any other place, is a place where you eat your sightseeing uh, in the tapas bars. (laughs) And uh, if you were going to take me to one tapas bar and feed me one special dish, where would it be and what would it be? Well, there are plenty of them. The old town is full of um, tapas bars, and you can find... Pinchos, we call them pinchos in the so Basque country. So the word country. for tapas in Basque is pincho. Yeah. But what's one dish you, you would have? What was your favorite? Because there's um, many. Yeah, the foie gras grilled. Foie gras. Yeah. Ah, and what bar would you have it in? Well, there are plenty of them. You've got gandarias. I mean, that's very popular. And uh-huh. they do have the cuchara de San Telmo, which is very famous. San Telmo. Yeah. Uh, does that help you, Lynn? Yes, absolutely. I was going to, the next question was, how do I eat my way to the Basque country, which I understand is some of the best cuisine in Europe? Oh, it's incredible. And in San Sebastian, it's just like drop in with an appetite and there's plenty of friendly people to help you out. Good luck. Thanks thanks for your call. You're welcome. James is on the line in Palm Desert, California. James, thanks for your call. Thank you very much, uh, Rick. My wife and I are planning a trip to Paris and Provence. And what I was looking to do is possibly add a two to three three-day side trip over to uh, the Basque area from uh, Provence. Now, one was best way to get there, and two, a short visit, where best to go. 
So first of all, Augustine, if you were in Marseille or Avignon in southern France, how would you get to San Sebastian? Would you fly or take the train? You can take the train, but it would be better to fly. If you can fly to be a rich airport, that mm-hmm. would be the best choice. Remember, in Europe, there's a lot of discount airlines, and there's in so many cases you can fly cheaper than you can take the train. Yeah, you'd sure. probably try to find a flight to Bayeritz, and then you're within an hour of all these places we're talking about. Are sure. you, uh, James, are you thinking mostly of uh, French or Spanish best country or, or a representative sampling of both? It's more really a representative sampling. Right. I would say Bayonne to start. That's the big historic capital of the French part of uh, Basque Country. And then yep. if you if you have a night in a charming little town in France, it would be Saint-Jean-de-Luz for yes. me. Yep. And then okay. you got to go down to San Sebastian. Use that as a headquarters, and if you have the energy, see the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao and, and make the historic pilgrimage to Guernica. Yep. Yeah, that okay. would be a good option. Boy, that sounds good. Just saying <laughs> that makes me want to go there. A lot to do in three days. Yeah, you need, a, you need to cut your southern friends' time a little shorter and spend more time in Basque Country. Well, <laughs> distances are, are short. I mean, there's not a long-distance drive from one place sure. to the other. That's right. Sure. Good luck, James. Okay. All right, thank you very much. You bet. Thank you for calling. You thank take you. care. And Ken's on the line in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ken, thanks for your call. Hi, Rick. Last, last March, we were in Spain, and we actually made an effort to uh, specifically see Basque Country and use Pamplona as a base. And our, our trip one day was going to be from Biarritz to San Sebastian, and the proprietor of our hotel recommended that we visit Ribia, which is right between the two towns. And that was his hometown. And so we stopped uh, in Ondaribia, and it was just a beautiful little cobblestone street-lined town. Hmm. And while we were walking through the streets, we heard a a loud noise and noticed a, a small parade coming through town. And it was a, a group of men and women in what appeared to be dunce caps. They were bright green and bright red. They had uh, sheepskin skirts around the middle of their bodies and large bells uh, attached sounds, to their backs. <laughs> sounds funny to me. Do they force these people to do that? <laughs> and, and, and in the middle of the group was a gentleman dressed uh, very much as a shepherd. I, I was listening a moment ago about the the family of shepherd there. And I yeah, this, that, this is a question for yeah. Francisco, the shepherd man. The shepherd man. Those are the Hialdunaks. Uh, these guys, what they do, to start with, the Basque country, we have a lot of mythology and everything is related with nature. And these Hialdunaks, these guys with the big bells, making a lot of noise, it's very, very, very stressing. My kids, they fear them. What they do is they wake up nature. They're telling nature, wake up, girl, it's time to start working. So that is their, their job. They have to wake up nature. So that is what it means. And what time of year? At the end of fall. At the end of fall. You mean at the end of winter? Or? Oh, sorry. Yeah, at so the end of winter. So this is springtime. Yeah, it's springtime. It's so called in the spring. The, everything is waking up. The greenery is going to come. In fact, normally in the world, we celebrate the new year, uh, January the 1st. But what is to celebrate there? There's nothing. <laughs> you go from winter to winter. <laughs> so it's like nothing to be celebrated. In the Basque Country, we celebrate winter at the end of the winter. So when would when that be? Life, March, April, April. Like Easter time. Yeah, right? Easter time. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a moment to celebrate something. And what, what is the name of these guys again? Hialdunaks. The Hialdunaks. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, thank you. It was very interesting and very loud, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> <It was> loud. <laughs> Grab your children and hold them tight. The, That's uh, right. The guys who are waking up Mother Nature are coming down the street. <laughs> Thanks, Kent, Absolutely. for your call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. 
So we have that one opportunity to see these crazy guys waking up nature. Let's just finish our little discussion here with, with one image that, that really um, helps you connect with Basque Country. Francisco, what would it be for you? For me, it would be anything related with uh, nature. Nature, it's our passion, and you can go anywhere. And On the sea? Yeah. In fact, Basque people are famous uh, mariners in the old times, Columbus Age, a lot of Basque, yeah. famous Basque sailors, and up in the mountains with exactly. all those shepherds that ended up in Idaho and California. <laughs> and Augustine, how would you think we uh, can really understand Basque culture? We can understand the Basque culture with the fishing. The fishing. You mentioned they are coming from a fishing family. We've been uh, famous for making good boats. There were Basque um, sailors joining the Columbus expedition to the mm-hmm. to America. It is known the Basque people had already arrived to the north of um, America before them, and uh, they were famous for um, um, whale hunting. Just, whale hunting too. Yeah, there's a record of Basque people selling in the, in the market in south of France in the seventh century uh, whale products. A tough people. Yeah. And even if you're not going to get out on a boat with some Basque people, you can go to your town, San Sebastian, and eat the uh, Oh, yeah, the that's for sure. To finish things off, how would you say uh, thank you and bon voyage, happy travels? Yeah, you would say, Skerikasko on the Yuan. I would say, merci, bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, and thank, happy travels. Thank, thank you. you very much. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to Spain, Portugal, and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next European adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>